Coding teaches logical thought, problem solving, ordering your thinking, and metacognition, or thinking about thinking, how you're going to do that. And those skills translate to every discipline. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. It's a little bit of social work, a little bit of science, and a little bit of passion. The most valuable resource is also their time. It just can't be wasted on fluff. But we have to be able to continuously poll our students and just give them voice. We have to pick texts that are totally going to push their thinking. Hi, everyone. This is Christy Hemingway, your host, and our guest today is Lee Holman. I loved speaking to Lee because even over Zoom, he was just so positive and energetic and insightful, the kind of teacher you wish you'd had or that you hope to be. Lee teaches at PS 132 in the Williamsburg neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. It's a K-5 school, and Lee is licensed in both technology and special education which means that every year looks a little bit different for him, especially this one, am I right? This past year, Lee has been full-time in special ed classroom with first through fifth graders, and that's where we found him. Lee, welcome to the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so thankful that you're squeezing this in to your hybrid teaching schedule. I know that You're wearing many, many hats, and it's been a crazy year. So you came on the the podcast today, though, to share an instructional resource that you're excited to tell us about that's been a great tool for you, both this year and I'm guessing prior to this year. So tell tell our audience about what what it is that you're wanting to share with us today. Absolutely. Well, I'm really here talking about Codemancer. Codemancer is a teach coding game. And the creator and I both discussed and agreed that it hits a demographic sweet spot of grades two and three, but certainly older and younger kids could use it because it's very user-friendly. Codemancer basically tells the story of a young girl who realizes that she's a wizard and goes to first day's magic school. So the plot, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, is a bit familiar, but it's a female protagonist. She picks a familiar or a magic pet, and as she goes to magic school, She learns to cast spells and ultimately has to rescue her father, who's been captured by a magical demon. Now, Codemancer kind of brings to me the the old Arthur C. Clarke quote that a sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. This definitely literally and figuratively makes that so. Did you catch that quote? In typical New Yorker fashion, Lee is a rapid fire talker, so I'll repeat it for you. Sir. Arthur Charles Clarke, who wrote the screenplay for the film 2001 A Space Odyssey, and a lot of other things, said that a sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Hmm, so many examples. Most of us have no idea how our technology works, let's be honest. By the way, did you know that Android users can speak the Lumos spell to Google and it'll turn on their flashlights? I mean, it's almost enough to make me ditch my iPhone. Wingardium Leviosa. Wingardium Leviosa. Expelliarmus. Expecto Patronum. As you're casting spells as this character, 
you're learning basic coding concepts like algorithms, sequence, loops, and variables, I believe variables, but sorry, yeah, and variables. All of those things are represented here using a simple graphic interface that looks very beautiful. I'll say medieval for lack of a better word. You have this kind of feather quill pen, little marks as you're shifting icons about, about on a kind of scroll looking interface. So it's a beautiful aesthetic game which separates it from quite a few of learn to code programs out there. But the other thing that makes this special, at least to me, is that the coding is to the service of the narrative. It's ensconced in a story. Most coding programs, which I do like and use, have you just fulfilling a simple task. And there's some, sometimes some fun, cute graphical user interfaces with characters. But this one is part of an ongoing story and narrative. This is, in fact, this game is actually chapter one of the series. There's going to be other chapters that continue the narrative. It begins with you entering magic school as this young girl, and it ends with you running out, leaving the magic school to rescue your father. We checked in with the creators on this, and there is no current release date for chapter two of Codemancer, but we at Ed Creation will keep our ear to the ground on this and let you know. So it's for grades two and three. Well, it's not specifically for grades two and three. It's terrific for grade school as a whole. It fits particularly well, that group, because they're old enough to understand the concepts and young enough to appreciate a basic graphic user interface on the fantasy. But it's really, I would recommend it for all grades one through five, perhaps even high. Because they can get engrossed in the story, I'm guessing. Well, they can get engrossed in the story, but, and this is important to me, as a father to daughters, representation is here. I don't think I've seen a coding game that features a female protagonist prior to this. If it's out there, I've not seen it. I've looked at a lot of them. I'm also a teacher ambassador to various companies, which means I use their product in exchange for access to it. I offer suggestions. So I've worked with a gamut of learn to code things. And when I say I've not seen a female protagonist, I'd like to say, I think you can pretty much take that to the bank. I've seen a lot of them. So this is the first I've seen. That's very important because there's a lot of talk now of getting young girls involved in STEM and technology and having someone they can identify with on the screen is terrific. I do have one or two transgendered students whom this also resonated with. So it was terrific for them too. And where does this fit? Because a lot of elementary schools may not even have computer science as part of their curriculum or part of their daily schedule. So when, do, when are kids doing this? Well, I mean, prior to COVID, when we had a normal environment, I taught technology and they would come in once a week and, and do it then. It was part of the curriculum. How do we do it now in uncertain and tumultuous times? And the answer is, there's a couple of ways you could do it. Even if you give kids five minutes on it a day every day during recess, because we're not really allowed to go out and play, it could be a recess activity during COVID times, you could make a cross-curricular connection. I mean, there's a great story, so you could play it for a few minutes and then write about it. And of course, math's involved because there's coding, you're dealing with loops and variables. So you could have them play it and then offer a math lesson where it has word problems that take place in the universe of Codemancer. How many steps did you take if you took two steps on step one of your program? three steps on step two, four steps on step four, how many total steps? That's an example of something you can do. So that's how it can be incorporated now. But even a five-minute break, really, since most kids can't go out for recess, it's a recess activity or it's a center or it's an enrichment activity center for kids to rotate and play with. There are many options. Because the way this works, each little level or each little component doesn't take very much of your time. The whole story has just a couple of missions you run. 
let's say you have a child do one mission. Well, it's only five minutes, really. And then another child can rotate and take a turn. And then the other, and everyone gets a shot of it. So it, it's designed to be very, very accessible to the end user, who in this case are children of this age. And I'm guessing this takes kids from the very beginning who know nothing at all about coding to a much more advanced place. Are students able to work in a pretty much individualized, kind of personalized way and advance at their own pace? Well, that's correct. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, you were talking about how this is for people who have had no prior knowledge of coding. And in fact, it doesn't hit you over the head with the terminology. You'll be learning variables and loops, but you're not going to hear anybody say it or just get into the, the technical specifics of it because it's not in line with the narrative of wizards and magical creatures. But the concepts are there. So I'm able to explain it for a moment or two and then just show them on the screen. A loop repeats or algorithms are step-by-step, and it's very intuitive. One great thing about this, you can make your own individual account in Codemancer under your name that saves your progress exactly where you left off. So when I was teaching it, everybody had their own account and everybody made their own step-by-step progress. They were able to work individually. I was able to rotate, help those in need, let the people who were flying just spread their wings and knock it out. I can always go back and look at what a student's accomplished, so I know where everybody is. That's lovely. How did you learn about Codemancer, Lee? Every morning is the same for me. I get up and I read two things. I read my email and then I read the blogs. Blogs like Boing Boing or Geek Dad that focus on new coding solutions. If there's something new, I'm reading about it in a blog or I'm just doing a search to see what's new. I, pro- I think I read about this on one of the blogs, honestly. And as always, I swing into action. Every time I see something on a blog that's intriguing, I contact the creator immediately, which I did in this case, and said, look, I teach here and I'm working with my executive superintendent to create new STEM and tech programs. If you give me access to your product, I can one, test it, two, give you feedback, and three, bring it to the attention of someone who's going to spread it district-wide. This has worked out extremely well for me. As have teacher ambassador programs where companies that have a product enlist teachers to do all those things. Well... Since Lee brought it up, let me just take this moment to tell you that EdCuration happens to have just such a program. Our certified Ed Trustee program is a high-profile fellowship of K-12 educators, likely, who want to participate in shaping the market of instructional materials. Are you curious about the opportunity to conduct pilot programs and provide data and feedback? You'll gain access to free cutting-edge materials, earn badges, participate in a community of peers, and broaden your own career connections and opportunities. You can learn more by clicking Ed Trustees under the Programs tab at edcuration.com. Why not check it out? I mean, did I mention free stuff? Look, it's very simple. What I always tell people is, you don't ask, you don't get. I always ask. You have not because you ask not. Yeah. I love that you're saying that because companies, especially companies who are just starting out, do need that data and that feedback. And teachers love to use new products for free and find out about all kinds of great resources. So it's a fabulous opportunity. It's so fun that you found out about Codemancer that way. Well, it is. And I can't emphasize enough that this kind of relationship that you just described is equally beneficial to the uh, the company. I only stand by a product I believe in. So that's... That's the case of Codemancer too. I tested it. I can say, okay, yes, thumbs up. It works. Yeah. So your endorsement means a lot then. Can you talk about what you used before you found Codemancer? 
What did you, how did you teach coding before that? I still use a lot of the same resources. I mean, Codemaster, it's funny. I use CodeMonkey, which I'm a teacher ambassador for. I think they're very good for a somewhat more advanced user. Fourth and fifth grade hit the sweet spot for that one because it had some coding. Scratch, which of course is of surprise to no one. Scratch is very popular. That's a block language from MIT lab. I've used various robots to teach coding like Dash and Dot and Sphero. But Codemancer came into it because I was trying to find something again that would be for users who are a little more advanced than the babies in, say, first grade, who are using Scratch Junior or just doing something very simple like Microsoft Paint, and people who are doing advanced pre-algebra work in, in CodeMonkey, or even Scratch, which has components of that. So it actually filled a void that I was desperately seeking to fill. I was very grateful. And you mentioned that one of the things that you like in particular about Codemancer and that sort of sets it apart is that it's so beautifully designed. You love the graphics and it's really visually appealing. Is there anything else that kind of sets it apart or that or that you've been able to achieve with that that helped you fill that gap that you were describing? Well, again, and I can't emphasize this enough, but at the risk of sounding redundant, I again point out female protagonist representation. That was immense because... I didn't have anything that specifically could appeal to girls, but also retain a, a male audience until this came along. So that was stellar. And again, my two transgendered kids had something to identify with life. That was huge. One of whom was a gifted coder. So it was very nice for her to see something that represented herself. I know that sounds redundant. I know they made a point, but I can't emphasize enough how important that was. Nothing else did that. You just hadn't found it anywhere else. I really have not. That was huge. How long did it take you and your students to become proficient users? Did you have to go through any kind of professional development? Was it pretty easy to just get started, jump right in? No, this was quite self-evident. I mean, essentially, all I had to do, really, I play-tested the game. I just played the whole thing just in case there was any kinks. I introduced the story to them. I showed them how the interface works. That's largely it. This is not rocket science. Launch commit. Liftoff. We have liftoff 49 minutes past the hour. Can you, you shared the story of your transgender students and how this has been, they've been able to relate to the game due to the protagonist. Do you have any other success stories in particular that you'd like to share about Codemancer? Well, this was the first time I think the entire class was, this is the most independent work I've ever seen, the greatest level of independent work. Usually there's a lot of stopping and halting and me trying to correct things and kids desperately trying to hang on. This was the first time in that age group that I've seen kids more or less left to their own devices. And that was exciting. Why do you think that is? What is it about the platform or the game or the, or the way that it's structured that allows students to be more independent than maybe with some other resources? Well, I think part of the reason is that it's ensconced in the narrative. There's a story unfolding, and of course, you're reading a story and you're meshed into it, just like when you're watching a movie. You're following the narrative, you're get, taking your cues from what you're seeing next. So in that sense, it's cinematic. When you're watching a movie, you're not only engaged, but the movie is giving you visual clue, cues as to what's going to come next. It's, you're, you're following a narrative step by step by step. So it is with this, because you're following a linear narrative. So it's, it's the same. I think that had a great deal to do with it. The fact that you could play this game and be pre-literate even certainly didn't hurt any. You're just moving, shifting icons. I mean, I, I didn't have to worry about my kids who were struggling readers. It was engaging. That was great. But yes, I stand by that. This is a great thing for a pre-literate audience. Okay. 
So that's really helpful. And, and the independent piece of it, I think, is super helpful. What teachers, who would you suggest, check this out, because you're a technology teacher. So, of course, you know, it's a great tool for you, but should only technology teachers check it out? Who, who could use it? Well, no, not only technology teachers should check it out, though that's the obvious first choice where I was going with it. But as I said, if you have it function as a enrichment center in your room where kids can rotate and use it, if you tie it to cross-curricular things like literacy math in the ways that I've described, I don't say any classroom. Any K-5 teacher of any kind? I would say, well, I would target grades one through five. I don't know about kindergarten. I would say any grades one through five should be able to do it. I think it's engaging enough for older kids. The plot line's good enough for them to glom onto. Younger kids will get the very basic play and basic organizational and logical thinking skills. And the older kids will get the narrative that hooks them in. I want to ask you just a big picture question about coding in general and the necessity and importance of coding as a skill as we move forward in, in education. There are still some districts and schools who are sort of lagging behind a little bit in their computer science program or their technology program and not really seeing that coding is is and will continue to be even more so of a of an essential skill. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I, my concern is that when people discuss teach coding and its relative importance or not, people are sometimes very, very literal minded as to the benefits of teaching coding. And what I find myself saying every time is that the objective of teaching coding is not necessarily to create a generation of coders. That is not its purpose. If they do that, that's gravy. That's a bonus. I had one kid who ended up learning C++ on his own. He's in high school now. That's a great success story. But that is not why we teach coding. Coaching feeds into the needs of a special needs child to organize their thought. Coding teaches logical thought, problem solving, ordering your thinking, and metacognition, or thinking about thinking. How are you going to do that? And those skills translate to every discipline. I'm going to draw a parallel. I used to attend this thing called chess in the schools. And the benefits of chess, it turned out that a student who plays chess and is used to problem solving and thinking about how they think, spends statistically 15 to 20 more minutes on their homework than other students. It's a very similar analogy here. You have a kid who's learning coding, who's now learning to organize their thoughts, to think logically, to problem solve. Those skills are going to carry over to other disciplines. They're going to think more seriously about what they're doing on a math problem, how to write a paragraph. That skill is universal. We're teaching children to think, not to code. Coding is extra. I'm wondering also if one of the benefits is just a general cultural knowledge and awareness around the conversations that are being had about cryptocurrency and artificial intelligence and hacking. And if, you, if you're not aware of coding or don't have any kind of background in coding, you can't really participate as, as thoroughly in those conversations. Is that part of the idea that every child should learn coding as well? Well, certainly it's true. I've said often that Technology is going to be the lingua franca of our time. It already is. And if you can't speak it, that language, you're going to be in some trouble. So yes, that also doesn't form the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I do want that, but it's still secondary. Teaching to think is the primary goal. 
it makes me less worried for our kids because they're they're learning that. And it's all of us older people who have never learned coding that are, you know, a little bit in the dark. No, actually, I wish that were so, but it's not. Kids are actually surprisingly not nearly as technically literate as I anticipated at all. They only know a certain type of literacy. If it pertains to entertainment, to a game, say, or downloading a video, they know that. But if it comes down to actually running an application, doing the basic things like opening a Word document or saving to a, a USB file, I had fifth graders who had no idea how to do any of those things. And I had to do a basic boot camp. These kids, and that's another reason I like Codemancer. I needed something basic and simple that would log in because these kids were not ready for more advanced concepts. I made the mistake of trying something more advanced first, and it, it, it was an initial bummeroo. So maybe we're assuming more than we should about. We are absolutely assuming more than they should. I learned that. The, I, I mean, they our kids don't assume that they know more about technology than you might think. So we they they have to learn just like we have to learn, and there's not necessarily this generational divide. There's not. I know more than most of the younger kids below me. I didn't anticipate that, but it's true. This goes back to my point about technology being the lingua franca of our time, and you have to be conversational in it. That's kind of encouraging to me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, at my age, having never taken coding. All right. Well, we wish you all the best, Lee, finishing out this crazy school year. We appreciate you coming to share about Codemancer with our audience today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much. You can find Codemancer at edcuration.com. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N.com where you can learn more, view sample video, and connect to a company representative to start your subscription. Codemancer is priced flexibly per student, per teacher, per class, or per school, and is therefore available to families for remote learning and homeschooling. If kiddos are home gaming on their screens anyway, Codemancer can guarantee that that screen time is productive and educational. You can find resources and links and notes for this episode on Podbean, along with all of our episodes. You can also find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Feel free to reach out through our website if you'd like to share a tool, resource, or topic with our listeners. And while you're at our website, be sure to check out our Certified Ed Trustees program and our Explorations Micro Professional Learning for Educators, all free, along with our marketplace where you'll find a lot of amazing resources to keep learning fresh. Do you have some stimulus funds? Ed Curation is the place to shop. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll be back next week for the next episode of the Ed Curation Podcast.